0: This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen me wearing a watch with a lilac-colored band. That's a Keen 2, and it's much more than a watch. It's a life-changer. I've had trichotillomania for 22 years, and I always thought of myself as a conscious puller. But when I started wearing the Keen 2, I realized that was not the case. The Keen 2's motion-sensing technology gives my wrist a gentle vibration or hug every time my hand reaches for my hair, bringing me to awareness so that I can make a different choice. Start bringing awareness into your life by going to com slash HabitAware. Yes, hello, my name is
1: Mari. I work at HabitAware, you might have heard of it. I'm the graphic designer there, but I also do have dermatillomania. I, I remember like being a kid and like picking at scabs. I remember the first bumpy mole that I grew, you know, some moles are like a little bit raised. The first one I grew was on my face and I remember sitting in silent reading time picking it off because I hated that I had this bumpy spot on my face and then it bleeding everywhere blah 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 I remember picking in class and like bleeding on my notes um class was definitely a big trigger thank god I'm not in school anymore (laughs) but it was misdiagnosed for a long time my father genetically had a lot of acne so when I like kind of, you know, came into that age where you start getting acne. I think that's what, well, I mean, that is the problem that we thought it was, right? Like, I just thought I was breaking out a lot. I thought I had really acne-prone skin, and I probably did. It's genetic. It probably was the case, but there were so many, like, I went to dermatologist after dermatologist. I tried different creams. I tried different um, antibiotics, and It would always work for like one month and then it would all fall apart and there would be scabs all over my face and it would happen like on my face and my neck and my chest and my back so it, it did seem like places where acne would come from and it probably fed off of each other but i also realize now that like i don't think those dermatologists necessarily had the ability to or had the knowledge to diagnose Dermatillomania, or it wasn't identified as dermatillomania, just because I think my mom came at it with a really like pointed perspective of, oh, this is a problem your dad had, so this is a problem you probably have. So it it just was like this sort of miscommunication cycle where I think finally when I was in college I got prescribed Accutane, like the really harsh acne drug that like dries out your skin. It you like have to really monitor a lot of stuff for a year i got like blood tests every month or something but that i think it really helped the acne but i also think it really made me start to implement replacement strategies because my skin was so dry all the time where it was like okay i gotta carry lotion on me everywhere i go i gotta have something for my hands to do because if i'm not i'm gonna be picking it like my skin was so dry it was like my knuckles were like cracking all the time and like my palms and stuff but even then at that point I did not realize it was dermatillomania it was just like oh I've tried and tried and tried again to address this acne problem and it hasn't worked when I finally learned what a BFRB was it was because I applied to an internship at HabitAware and I will be honest even when I was working at HabitAware I like did not recognize that I had a bFRb2 for like three months I like didn't get it the the terms trichotillomania dermatillomania they were all so clinical they all felt so I mean like serious I guess it just felt like something that would have been identified if I had it it wasn't until I heard other people's stories and I like kept hearing different stories of people being like oh well I'd pick my skin all day I'd like come home and I'd pick my skin for hours in the mirror and I was like oh wait I kind of do that but I also like my sister I remember her skin picking in the mirror growing up she's eight years older than me so I'd be like little and we had we shared a bathroom and there was like one mirror one sink one mirror one sink so I'd be like brushing my teeth getting ready and I'd look over and I'd see her like leaning in picking her skin and I think like she's aware she actually has a keen bracelet but I think she probably associates her skin picking more with ADHD rather than a BFRB. But I do think that, like, I don't know, the comorbidity and, like, the people that attribute their skin picking to different things. I think that's so interesting. And I think BFRBs, like, manifest in so many different ways. Like, obviously, I don't necessarily know the different medical classifications. So I'm like, oh, you skin pick BFRB. Like, maybe it is stimming for adhd maybe it is something else but it is something that i noticed like oh my sister would do this this is something that i do
0: etc when it did click for you that you had a bfrb how did you feel i
1: remember people
0: okay so when i listened to your podcast
1: i think ellen felt relief morgan felt like oh wait this sucks i feel like my understanding of it was just like oh it makes sense now like not necessarily relief but like clarity like oh okay those dermatologists just weren't diagnosing me correctly like this is what i was dealing with that wasn't necessarily what was on my skin it was what i was doing to my skin so when i realized that it was it it just like came together so nicely so what i did was i wrote a blog post for habitaware like outlining my story and i don't even think i had told ellen or anila that i had like realized this about myself until i sent over the blog post but it was something where i was just like oh i kind of just want to put this together in my head and really rationalize it out because now that i have this information to work with everything just lined up in like a clearer order and it made more sense and i felt like okay now i can actually use actionable strategies and like know what i'm doing when i'm managing my bfrb because before that It was, like I was saying, it was like the Accutane thing. So like carry lotion with you, have something for your hands to do, blah, blah, blah. But that information just let it all come together so nicely, like a big bow on a nice BFRB present.
0: When you were younger, did anyone point out your skin picking? A friend at school or a teacher?
1: I don't think anyone ever pointed it out to me. I remember like feeling ashamed that I was like bleeding from my face during school and like deliberately wearing long sleeve shirts so I would have something to like soak up the blood before anyone saw so I could like put pressure on it so no one really pointed it out there was this instance in like summer camp one year and I think this is funny now but at the time it was like oh my god where I was at summer camp and I was talking to this boy and we were sitting next to each other and he sort of like leaned in close to me like looking at my face and I was like oh my god is he gonna kiss me and then he said oh that's not a tick and it was like a big glob of dried blood on my face from picking and that was a big like oh no (laughs) this is not the the situation that I thought was happening at all but I'm like oh my god that guy (laughs) but I think that was the only time where someone really Pointed it out.
0: (laughs) So now that you know you have a BFRB and you work at Habit Aware, probably the best place you could work when you find this out, what interventions did you start trying?
1: So I started working there when I was still in college and the biggest like cycle for me was trying to focus in class, picking while I'm trying to focus, and then getting home, looking in the mirror, picking more to release all of the stress of the day. So What I would do then was, with the Keen bracelet, I would wear rings on my fingers. And I think rings are still one of my favorite replacement strategies because then I could fiddle with them all day. I found it endlessly satisfying. And there were a few instances where I would, like, be fiddling too hard and the ring would fly across the room. But somehow that embarrassment was better than, like, bleeding on my notes. So I'd be okay with that. I'd have multiple rings. I'd have other things in, like, my pencil case to fidget with. And then I think when I got home, instead of leaning in and looking in the mirror, just the knowledge that I was putting in the effort to use replacement strategies in class and prevent this in class was motivating enough for me to be like, "Okay, cut down your time in the bathroom." It was motivate. It, w- it was like this helpful cycle, right? Like we say that a BFRB is an unhelpful cycle, but. When I started really implementing these things, I started building, like, a helpful cycle. Like, okay, I'm doing these things in class, and now I can spend less time in the bathroom. My favorite thing to do is, instead of picking, I'll take a hot washcloth, and I will just wash my face with some nice smelling soap. Because my, like, logic when I'm picking my skin, even if there's not acne there, is I'm, like, taking out the blemishes, right? That's That's the back, the subconscious logic or something that I know logically does not make sense, but it's what something in my brain is saying. So when I can do like a hot washcloth and nice lotion or something, then I feel like I'm addressing blemishes and it is in a way that feels good because it's warm water and it's relaxing. And even though it's not as immediate a result, right? Like I'm not physically taking something off of my skin. It's still really satisfying. And it's logic enough to me where I can be like, no, that felt good. And I feel like I've done something for myself. So I'm gonna step away now. I think those are my my two big ones. Now I feel a lot more more confident, I guess. Like I've got a better handle on me, my BFRB and how I manage it. And I have gone through waves, like everyone says, oh management is a journey. Things happen. That's true. It sucks to hear. It's true. So, like now, I'm not sitting in class for eight hours a day, but I'm sitting at a desk. I have other stressors. I have to pay bills now. That's stressful. So, I do have to find other management strategies. And what has really helped me, well, don't get me wrong, if I am in a long meeting, I will have a fidget nearby. I will be wearing a ring. Those stay with me forever. But I started doing yoga in the past year. And that has really helped me, especially before bed. Because one of my biggest triggers now is, like, if I'm tired, I will do anything to stay awake. (laughs) Stuff like that. So if I'm tired, I know I'm at risk for falling into that trance, looking in the mirror, being like, that is a spot that I could get. So now now that I'm, like, practicing yoga consistently and I'll do nighttime yoga before bed... That will help me, like, get that last bit of energy out, really settle down before bedtime so I can consistently fall asleep and then feel better in the morning. So that has been really helpful. I think that this isn't necessarily like a BFRB strategy, but it can be one. I don't think I'm using it as one, but I actually I should is journaling and like writing you probably know this as a writer, but, like, what a great way to keep your hands busy. And also just, it's, like, spilling your guts out onto a page, but in the most healing way. And I don't know how to say that, so it doesn't sound gross. <laughs> but, like, getting getting what's inside out in one way or another, what, whether it's, like, talking to yourself, whether it's writing it down, I think has been super helpful. So actually, maybe another thing that I do now is... After the pandemic and we were all in quarantine, I did start talking to myself. <laughs> and I won't lie. It's kind of great. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to pivot a little bit more towards journaling, but I really believe, like, just getting my feelings out so I'm not just sitting on them or repressing them, but, like, acknowledging them in some way has been one of the greatest things for my BFRB because it lets me know what I have to work on, right? Like if I hear it from my mouth, if I see it written down on a page, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a problem and I probably shouldn't keep ignoring it. If I address this, my stress will go down. I'll feel better. I'll wanna pick less.
0: The happy cycle will continue. Do you fall into a trance-like state when you're in front of the mirror? And if you do, are you able to snap yourself out of it? I definitely get into that trance-like state. (laughs) There are definitely times where I'm like looking at myself and
1: I'm like, I can get a sewing needle from my sewing kit and use that. <laughs> but I think what helps me break out of the trance is like the knowledge that I'm in a trance. I don't think I would have had that power before interning at HabitAware and learning a lot about BFRBs, but then once I educated myself more, I could start to identify my thoughts and like use the thoughts and with keen to like your hand literally raising but literally just identifying and this extends to every part of my life but being able to identify when my thought process is not helping me and my thought process is getting me into like a pattern that is just unhelpful because that happens to me more than just being in the mirror and looking at my skin it happens in like oh i think i just won't call this person so i don't have to confront this issue right like we we give ourselves weird excuses everywhere just because that's i i think that's like how humans work sometimes <laughs> but when i can identify that i'm doing that then in my head i'm sort of saying okay the part of the brain that is giving you this logic is like your inner child. It doesn't really know how to handle the situation and it's working with the knowledge that it's got. But now you are an adult and you have other knowledge. You have wiser options. You can deal with this in a different way. So when I sort of step back and tell myself, Oh, Like, the little inner child is trying to do something about this. I have to step in. I have to be the adult and make a different decision. So it's like this logic of self-care that I'm trying to implement, trying to identify when I'm making decisions from the old patterns in my brain that I had as a kid, I guess. The, The things that are convenient in the moment, but not necessarily good for me in the long run.
0: The holiday season is approaching, and you know what that means. So much excitement. I use my habitaware Keen 2 to help me make different choices when I know I need to self-soothe. Thanks to the gentle hug that the Keen 2 gives my wrist when I am doing the scanning behavior, I am able to make a different decision and leave my hair right where it is. Learn more about how the Keen 2 can help you at barbaralolly.com habitaware. Oh, before I forget... Keep your eyes open for a Black Friday code. I just might know one. Wink, wink. Have you experienced any other BFRBs? I did pick my nose. I remember in, like, kindergarten or
1: something, a boy had a crush on me, and he said, oh, I still like you, even though you still pick your nose. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe I should stop that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a kindergarten I don't know. What were all of my, like, moments? Little boys <laughs> Telling me things about myself that I wasn't aware of. I don't know. I should look into this. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember that. So I do. I did pick my nose when I was really little. Um, and I pick my lips, but I think that just counts as dermatillomania. I'm a big picker, I guess. Right? Like (laughs) on my fingertips now, because I play guitar. So my um fingertips are always really calloused and stuff. And I'm like, there's a lot of dead skin there, but I don't really have any other memories of, like, cheek biting or tongue
0: chewing or hair pulling or nail biting. Did you ever know anyone else besides your sister who had a BFRB? I will raise you a response of
1: that I know of, because I feel like there's been so many people in my life with BFRBs that don't necessarily know they have a BFRB or... They're probably really good at hiding it, right? Like, the statistic is 1 in 20. So, I'm, de- I'm sure I've met hundreds, hundreds of people with a BFRB. But, like I mentioned, my sister picks her skin. Uh, I have another family friend, and this was after I started working at Aware. but she mentioned, like, you know, whenever I'm nervous, I scratch my arm, and sometimes I, like, scratch it until it bleeds. And I got to be like, oh, well, did you know that the self-soothing skill... Did you know that's your body trying to regulate its nervous system? So I was really grateful that I got to, like, pull that out. (laughs) But I actually don't know if scratching has a BFRB medical term. But that is one of them. I have so many, like, adult men in my life that I feel like have something similar to a BFRB. Like, I have one friend who cannot have a conversation without, like, walking around the room like pacing and I'm like that has to count as a BFRB right it's body focused it's repetitive and it is a behavior <laughs> like it should check all the boxes and then there's also so many men that I know that like will stroke their facial hair when they have a conversation and I'm like you're not pulling it but do you know that your hand is constantly on your face I feel like there's a lot of I, I don't know I think that the BFRB, the body focused repetitive behavior diagnosis is super helpful, right? Because it helps you and me learn that we have these behaviors and that there's steps we can take to change how we're self-soothing because the way that we're self-soothing is causing damage. But there's also so many people who do the checklist, the body focused, the repetitive, the behaviors that just are unaware because they're quote socially acceptable or quote unobtrusive but i'm like your behavior is serving the same purpose that my behavior is so why is mine not considered fine to you or something well actually when i told my mom like oh so did you realize that my problem probably wasn't acne it was probably that i was picking my skin constantly She was like, oh, that makes so much sense. You have, like, multiple aunts that would pick their scabs off and, like, literally go to their other siblings and pick the other siblings' scabs off. (laughs) Like, it it does seem to run in the family. (laughs) But they are adults, and I have not witnessed them pick. So,
0: I cannot prove it, but it is apparently something that has been in the family. Once you started being open about your BFRB, did people in your personal life confide in you and say things like, hey, you know what? I actually do this too. Yeah, I had a friend ask for a keen too. She was like, can you get me the in?
1: Because I pick my skin. She picks her arms. She's so funny because we'll like exchange fidget toys now, but she's so like aggressive with her fidget toys where she always breaks them. I love a good fidget toy, but I'm not like... I'm not crushing them up. I don't know. She's got to have, like, a squeeze ball or something that really she can really get into. Uh. (laughs) But I guess that was the only one example of someone being like, oh, this is something that I do. But I have had a lot of conversations with people where they're like, oh, yeah, this is how I self-soothe. Like, I will still suck my thumb when I'm in private. So a lot of people sort of just like finding empathy with it, finding commonalities with it and being like, "Oh yeah, you're doing
0: really cool work. Like, give me that link."
1: <laughs>
0: so that's been fun. What do you wish people knew about BFRBs?
1: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give two answers because there's what do I wish people without BFRBs knew about BFRBs? Do I wish people with BFRBs knew? What I wish that people with BFRBs knew is that by addressing your BFRB you're addressing the entirety of your mental health and it's so intertwined and you will find so many places where like life just gets easier to manage because you're managing this it extends past it like the work that you have to do to manage is so rewarding and yes it sucks when you quote relapse but you're never starting from scratch You are building the wisdom that you need to get back on track. You are growing every day. You're becoming an amazing person. You are learning more skills. You are, as they say, growing your character. You're just becoming stronger in general. So doing the work will make progress, not just on skin picking, hair pulling. Doing the work will make progress everywhere and you will be amazed where you see that progress that's what i would tell people with a bfrb what i would tell the general public that doesn't necessarily know that bfrbs exist is that yes this this word is a mouthful but i can guarantee you if you learn about it you will notice something about your life where you do a focused behavior a repetitive behavior to settle yourself to be able to focus in the moment to just exist in a comfortable space and it might not be as unconventional as the things that are labeled with really long medical words trichotillomania dermatillomania on i don't know if i got that one right but like we are human beings and we all have these little things where we we're just trying to exist on our bodies and our bodies are doing a lot of stuff so our bodies also have to figure out how to exist in them, how to calm our nervous systems. And you know what? We're not teaching how to calm our nervous systems in schools. So of course we're learning these stranger behaviors. because they're, they're all we got. They're what our brain is programmed for. So we are doing the best with what we've got. This is our body self-soothing and everybody in the world needs to know how to self-soothe in a way that's helpful for them. It's a skill that regardless of whether you have a BFRB or not, you need to know how to do. So I think we all
0: need to talk about it more. What advice would you give someone who wants to get out there and start sharing their BFRB story? I guess I would say just start somewhere, right? I don't think you can necessarily go wrong with where you're
1: starting. The body-focused repetitive behavior community is really so open and so kind and so great. I don't think you can go, go wrong. Like if that person is nervous about being found out that it's them they could be anonymous why not there's so many anonymous instagram accounts that i see that's that are posting things like progress pics or asking for support when they need it or just sharing their experience in whatever format they feel comfortable doing that whether it's like literal pictures of their nails after they bite them or just an image they found on pinterest with a caption that Just talks about, like, what they're going through in the moment and their story. I think that sharing our story in any form is going to be beautiful. It's going to be healing. It's going to be part of the waves that's going to get BFRBs talked about in the mainstream. So I don't think you can go wrong. Just do it, as Nike would say.
0: I was anonymous when I started sharing, and sharing made me feel so good. I feel like a better, happier, healthier, lighter version of myself. Do you feel the same way? Oh my god, yeah.
1: I'm still not 100% confident talking about it with everyone. Like if people come up and they will say, "Oh my, like I saw one of your TikToks. You want to talk about that?" I'm like, "Oh, wait. You just dropped that on me. I don't know if I'm mentally prepared to talk about my mental health with you, but it's something that I've been trying to work on and trying to get better at. But overall, even past sort of working through the shame of a BFRB, I think I have gotten so much more in touch with who I am and my overall mental health and how I just how I handle stress, how I handle focus, a better understanding of how I exist in my body. And I think a better understanding of Handling hard emotions, too. Because when I had to do that before without healthier self-soothing strategies, I had nothing. (laughs) And now I have all these great tools that I can just call upon and recognize that I'm using them. I think I've become a lot more secure since realizing that I had a BFRB and like doing something
0: about it. So I remember after I published my book, The Trickster Diaries, I ended up getting a tattoo and I knew that people would ask me what my tattoo was about. And at the time, I was very proud. I wanted to share, I wanted to share, but even so, when people asked that question, doesn't matter who they were, friends, colleagues, strangers, I would blush. And so it's interesting that even though I was proud, my body would still have this physical response of blushing, blushing, blushing took me like a hundred times for that to stop happening, but eventually it did. I
1: love that. Oh my God. I love that you gave me that response. You gave me that feedback because that is actually so comforting. I truly believe that everything in life is a skill. And if you do it over and over and over again, you'll get more comfortable. One of the most impactful things that someone ever told me was, you have to learn to be comfortable while being uncomfortable. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, okay, I'm secure enough in who I am and what I'm about to say and my journey that I can do this even though it feels a little weird even though my body is like blushing and maybe there's butterflies in my stomach and all this stuff like I can still be proud of who I am so that's beautiful and you better keep that in the podcast
0: <laughs> let's plug you tell listeners how they can find you yes I am
1: on um instagram lives on habit aware We do an instagram live every tuesday i'm not necessarily on every tuesday but you know we try to rotate who's there we try to have two people at a time it just doesn't always happen we've got different schedules going on but you can always find me on the bfrb change collective i'm usually there on our weekly zoom meet every thursday i'm usually got my face in the zoom call contributing and honestly i love the bfrb change collective because you can just like dm me anytime i can be posting. I'll be posting about whatever i'm reading any fun mental health memes i find um so you can always find me there i'm a very behind the scenes person at Habitaware. so if you comment on an instagram post i will see it if you dm us i will see it you can reach me that way if you would like or you can email me at mari at habitaware.com
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode of trick talks Did you know that I offer an online trichotillomania-focused course? My course is called Sharing Our Stories. As a gift to you, please use promo code TRICTALKS25 to receive 25% off the five-session package. You can access this promotion at (laughs) barbaralalley.com.